Netanyahu reveals the post-Gaza war plan. Well, is it the two-state solution that the international community has been calling for? And big tech, federal agencies, and corporate media are working together to undermine the country and to control your thoughts. And we're going to analyze these headlines and much more while taking your calls on this open line edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. And on today's edition, I will be taking your calls. It's Friday Open Line. And the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. You can call in any time. I'm going to go through a couple um, news headlines here and some different things that I have. And But I'll take your calls at any time. Go ahead and call in and Let's get the ball rolling down the hill, right? First, let me mention First Cup Coffee. You know, you can imagine that we're essentially working around the clock here to keep up with all of this news. We're certainly energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, but thankfully, every morning, man, I have a great cup of First Cup Coffee up there. It's wonderful. First Cup Coffee, they're not a woke uh, organization. They haven't tried to rewrite our history books or defund history. They're just simply a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company out of the great state of Texas, and they've got many different roasts for you to choose from. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Okay, now, um, I, I do want to mention before I go to the calls, again, the number to reach me, one 363 8463 and the, the, they're reporting that today, Prime Minister Net, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu came out, he revealed his plans for the post-Hamas Gaza Strip. Now, the international community had been pushing, pushing, pushing for a two-state solution at the end of this Gaza war to finally settle the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. In the eyes of the international community, that is the solution. Well, I know scripturally that there's going to be a two-state solution signed in the near future, and that's going to be agreed to. I don't believe it will ever bring a true peace, certainly not at least halfway through, but they're going to sign a two-state solution. However, Prime Minister Netanyahu says, oh, he rolls out his plan today. Here's what the day after the Gaza war is going to be. And he says that the plan is that Israel will have security control. So what they, the two-state solution would create two states, and they were hoping for it to be um, two states based on 67 borders and Gaza, the international community. Well, Netanyahu comes out with his plan, and he says the plan states Israel will have security control over the entire area west of the Jordan River, which would include the West Bank, um, and including the Gaza border area. So he's just taking control in the face of the international community. And he says this is to prevent the strengthening of terrorist elements, obviously, in the Palestinian Authority and the Gaza Strip, and to thwart threats emanating from there against Israel. 
So that's an obvious conclusion if you understand what's going on in Israel. Netanyahu has to do this because to allow a Palestinian state to be formed now, especially with what just happened in Gaza, and for them to control Gaza as well, Israel, it's like rewarding the Palestinians and Hamas and everybody for what happened on October 7th. And Netanyahu said, no, not going to do that. And also, the plan stated that Israel, and this is the one thing I was interested in, the two-state solution, because of the prophecies of the Bible, the plan stated that Israel outright rejects international dictates regarding a permanent settlement in the Palestinian, with the Palestinians. He said such arrangements will only be reached throughout, through direct negotiations between the parties without preconditions. So he's saying, nah, I'm not going to have a two-state solution. We're going to negotiate that. We're not going to have that crammed down our throat, which is what the international community was talking about. And um, it also said that Israel will continue to oppose the unilateral recognition of a Palestinian state and that such recognition in the wake of the October 7th massacre would give a huge, obviously, reward to the unprecedented terrorism to prevent any future peace settlements. So he's going against the international community's drive for this two-state solution presently. That's what's going on in Israel. There will come a time, the prophecies tell us, that there will be a two-state solution created in the near future for a final seven-year period. Halfway through that, there's the abomination of desolation, and that would lead us off into the Great Tribulation period, which is when there's going to be another Jewish Holocaust starting in the in um, Ju biblical Judea Samaria or the modern day West Bank. So this, these are the dynamics playing out in Israel as we speak. And I'm very interested in this as you should be because of the prophetic implications of everything there. Netanyahu, they're, they're, never, they, they're never going to really want to do a two-state solution. I think that there will be politicians that get in, that get in uh, the, that become the head of the Knesset, possibly the prime minister, whoever that is. I don't think Netanyahu will ever do it. But there are politicians with the mindset of, yes, we need a two-state solution. Ehud Barak, I think he would do it today. And so it's very important that we understand the dynamics of all of this because of all the prophecies that are happening at the same time. The Bible says this is one of the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. I was talking to um, Landon, one, one of the guys that helps me here in the studio, uh, before we went on the program, and I was saying, Lando, you understand how fast everything's happening right now, and most of the world, are, they're, they're he, he was saying, yeah. I said, most of the world didn't even pay attention. He said, yeah, they're focused on Taylor Swift and um, the guy she likes, on the, uh, the uh, Travis Kelsey. And they're there's millions and millions of people focused on this utter nonsense that's going on with her showing up at the football games. But yet, here we are with these gigantic prophecies happening. One, I mean, they're just happening. Right now, everything's happening so fast, and most of the world's just completely oblivious. I'm worried about a Taylor Swift-type situation. I'm telling you, everybody better get their head screwed on straight and make sure that they're paying attention to what they need to be paying attention to. Jesus Christ is fixing to spit them clouds wide open, 
and to come and gather his elect. I've got to be prepared for that event. I hope Taylor Swift and her boyfriend are prepared for that event. But to, to be so enthralled by showing up to a ball game, and yet there's these giant prophecies happening all around us, letting us know Jesus Christ is coming before very long. Wow. Um, very, very important. And so, uh, you know, we're going to get off into so much more uh, as we go along here. I'm going to talk about, you know, if, if we have a chance, we'll talk about world government and a lot of different things that are happening. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go to the phones here. i got a couple calls. Again, to the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Let's go to Joe in Washington. Uh, God bless Joe. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, thanks for having Sure. Um, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I don't know if you... You may be on a speakerphone. Let me... Sir. Inside. How's that now? That. There you go. That's that's better. Thank you. Okay. I apologize. Um, so, two kind of statement question and then just one more question for you. Sure. Um, we have the eclipse upcoming. X marks the spot in Matthew 24 is when Jesus comes back. 24 is X. Twitter's changed their name to X. And if you look at the Quran... 9-5, at the end of the holy months, kill the infidels, meaning those who don't believe in Allah, or the polytheists, it's translated also, you could translate that as those who believe in the Holy Trinity, or the Christians. Um, Islam is the crescent moon. I say that it's the eclipse. They want to hide the sun of God. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know kind of what your opinion is on that. Uh, it just really seems... To be, and so at the end of the holy months is the day of the eclipse, is the end of the holy months. And so they're shutting down schools um, all through the eclipse path, calling it a national or a state of emergency. Just seems like, uh, yeah, like you said, there's signs in the heavens. That's why he put those there. Yeah. What's there, your thoughts? Yeah, so there are signs in the heavens. However, I don't follow Islam and I don't follow the Quran. I simply follow I don't either. I, or, uh, the Bible. So what I'm saying is when you're talking about all this other stuff, the end of the holy month and the, the crescent moon, and they're trying to hide all this stuff, I don't follow any of that, so I don't even know how to speak to that kind of stuff. I simply know what, you know, what the Bible teaches and what the prophecies say, and, and those are what I stick to. Uh, some of the other things, I don't even study that that much because it's frivolous nonsense to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then the other thing, here's not frivolous nonsense then. Luke 10, 18 in the Hebrew, I beheld Satan as Barack Obama without the O. What do you think of that? Um, kind of seems like he's in control. Yeah, so Barack Obama simply is part of a global cabal of yeah. um, a, a, of a deep state and an establishment. He's just one one person um, that is, you know, part of that. Is he controlling everything here in the United States? I think he is a pawn just as much as Joe Biden is a pawn in a larger picture of a global state uh, that's being created to. Um, and th these guys have been used, they've been groomed uh, to take these positions, never holding a public job and different things. They've been groomed to take these positions because they're willing to fall in line with the edicts of this world government that's being created. Yeah. So is Obama in control? Yeah, because he, he's, the, he's a mouthpiece. So when he says, hey, I want to do this, that, and the other, everybody says, well, he's controlling everything. But I think in, when it's all said and done, I think Obama's just doing what he's told as well as Joe Biden. They are mouthpieces for the globalist world government that's being created. 
I think the guys really running everything that we don't know most of of their names. And I would uh, say Satan, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and so that's where I'm at on that. Um, uh, Obama certainly okay, would be one of the main. The, the, what's that? One more for you. I'm just going to say one more for you. There's a movie called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't watch movies. They're toxic for you for the most part. The key to the universe lies in 42. There's 42 degrees in a rainbow. It's the reign of B.O. Barack Obama. It's the reign of Barack Obama, the rainbow. If you can correlate him and rainbows together, it makes sense. 6079 Smith W is my YouTube channel. I listen yeah. to you all the time. God bless you. All right. out. Thank you very much, my friend. I think you can tie... Barack Obama in with the rainbow, but not in the way that you're saying. So we'll just leave it at that, and I'll move on. God bless you, my friend. Uh, let's go to Joe uh, in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. How are you today? I'm doing tremendous, my friend. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm still breathing, struggling through. We don't Stop praying over here at this point, but uh, the first reason I want to call up right now is because someone sent me a text the other day when I called up and spoke to Doug and Vince. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the language that I used, uh, it seems I might, might have offended people with rough language. I want to truly apologize, but also let people know God's not done with me. And the fact is that when I called up, I hadn't slept in two days. I've been fighting intense, intense pain. And the news, my wife's got to go back into the hospital. Her cancer that has been in remission for 30 months has come back. And uh, so when I called, I was not in the, really, uh, I was so filled with anger. And um, I was not probably very in control of the language I I was using, and again, I want to apologize if I offended anyone. Uh, there is a great deal. The more I see of Klaus Schwabi there, there's such anger. This man seems to be the epitome of evil without knowing. And I pray for him. I pray for all them that are involved with the World Economic Forum and the UN because they're lost and they're deceived into darkness and they believe this garbage that they're spewing. Basically, it comes down to they're against God and anyone who's against God starts to get my dander and I start to get a little emotional. Yeah. So again, I apologize, Dave, to anyone yeah. who I have offended and I wanted to explain the Lord's been dealing with me come this uh, April. I'm pretty uh, pretty close to my 46th spiritual birthday. April 23rd, mm -hmm. 1978 is when the Lord Jesus came in yeah. to my heart, and He's not done yet. Yeah, He's got a lot. He's got a lot to, that He's got to do with this crazy, this crazy old man in Brooklyn, and that's all I really wanted to uh, to say, Dave. Okay. I always will say I am so proud of you guys and the work you're doing is in the top of the heap keep doing it I love I love you guys you don't end my prayer life is every day and, and and thank you Dave all right Joe well I, man I certainly appreciate that and um, I, you know the thing is Joe is that God's still working on all of us I, I'm a licensed Christian minister 
and I just called another religion frivolous nonsense. Now think about that. I'm, I'm going to apologize to everybody for doing that. I shouldn't have done that. There are people that are sincere in their beliefs and different things. Um, and so, but it, for somebody to be so veered off of the truth, um, I, I get kind of vehement about that because I don't want to see people go to hell. I want to see people go to the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, the truth will set you free. And here I am uh, kind of making light of it because I, I simply want people to come out of that and come into the truth. So, hey, you know, that's what repentance is all about, Joe. If there, you know, um, all of us are still growing in the Lord and that's just part of it. So I do thank you for the call and uh, I, I'm sure that people uh, understand and, um, and, and love you and appreciate you and appreciate your voice here uh, at End Time as well. God bless you, my friend. And I want you to know also, Joe, that we are praying for your wife and for her health and, um, and the needs that you all have in that area. So God bless you, my friend. Okay, everybody, let's go to, I tell you what, um, before I get to the next call, David, I'm going to come to you in just a moment. Let me, let me talk about Birch Gold real quick. You know, these world government enthusiasts, and there are many, I've got uh, articles to go through with you on here about Antonio Guterres wanting to, he's proposing um, a global digital compact that's coming. And he's proposing it here in 2024. I'll be, I'll be talking about that. If I don't get to it today, we'll do it next week. Uh, but talking about moving everybody on the planet into a di the digital sphere. And I told one of my guys before we went on the program that they have to do that because they'll, to implement the mark of the beast, we'll have to go digital. That's the only way they'll be able to do it. And so, I, you know, we thought years ago that, hey, it's going to be a mark. And it is going to be a mark, but it's going to be, we're all going to have to move. They're going to push us onto a digital platform. So certainly don't want that, but I, I'm going to go through some of that here in a little bit. Anyway, these world government enthusiasts, they're, they're, they're wanting to impose these digital currencies and digital IDs on, on the entire world. I've been reading about it just this afternoon. And it would allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products, um, easily freeze or seize part of your bank accounts. And in essence, it would enable governments and central banks to take more control over your finances. There are concerned Americans who are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. You know, if you want a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement account, to go to birchgold.com slash end time to get your free, it's a free info kit on gold. You can go there and check it out. If maybe you've got an IRA or a 401k from a previous employer that's been gathering dust, Birch Gold can help you convert it into an IRA in gold without a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash end time, claim your free info kit on gold, because if this digital currency becomes a reality, you might want to have some gold to fall back on. And we'll see how all that plays out before this is over with. Uh, what are some of the best things that maybe we can invest in or um, some things like that? I don't know at this point. I don't know how that we will be making, you know, because the mark of the beast is at the very least three and a half years away. So for me to say today, hey, invest in this, this will get us through. I can't do that. We're going to have to live through some of this and then make some decisions um, and, and go from there because I'm, I, you know, I, I simply am not willing to, um, you know, to go out on a limb at this point and say, okay, you know, here's what I'm doing. You do this, or I suggest this because we're at least three and a half years away. Imagine how much, 
things can change in three and a half years with this digital economy coming and all these other things. So uh, I'm watching it like a hawk. I've got friends talking to me and investors and different things, but I haven't heard anything that I would be willing to come on the radio and say, hey, let's look into this, okay? But there will come a time when we'll probably get off into some of that stuff. Now, I want to go back to the phones here real quick. Uh, let's go to David in Virginia. God bless my friend. Welcome to the End Time Show. Yes, sir. It's a blessing to um, talk to you, Dave. Yep. The pleasure's all mine. I question about the two witnesses. Could yes. they possibly be Doug and Vince, or maybe could you be possible one of the two witnesses? Oh. Or what's your opinion on the two witnesses? Okay, so um, could it be Doug and Vince? Could it be uh, me and Doug or me and Vince? Um, that, that, obviously, that's purely speculation at this point. Uh, I don't know who it is. I do believe they're alive on the earth. They certainly have to be. We're, way, we're too far off into this thing for the two witnesses not to be alive. I do not believe it will be Moses and Elijah coming back from somewhere out in the wild blue to bring them back here to have them be the two witnesses. They're going to be killed at the end of their ministry and lay in the streets for three and a half days. So I believe it will, it, it's simply two men on the earth. I don't know who it, it will be, but it's going to be two men on the earth that will be men of God. They're going to be preaching the truth. God will not send anybody to ministry who is not teaching the truth. Whoa, that's a big statement, right? And there are a lot of people that said, God sent me to go do this. And I'm like, you're not even teaching the truth. I, I don't think God's going to send you to go preach. And so there's a lot of people around the world like that too. And so you really need to check. The Bible is very, very... Uh, it is very, very, it's very, very important that people teach the truth in the eyes of God because I believe ministers will be held accountable in the end for not teaching the truth. So the two, the two witnesses that are coming, they're going, to be, they're going to be teaching the truth. They're going to be teaching the Word of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God, like the apostles taught, and they're going to be teaching during the final three and one half years. That's when their ministry starts. That's Revelation 11.3. The Bible says, I, I believe it's going to be two men, a lot of people have that question because the Bible calls them two prophets. I don't believe it's going to be um, the church or uh, any kind of an entity like that because the Bible says they're killed. These two prophets will be killed, laying in the streets for three and one half days, and then the Lord will call them up to heaven. So I, I, it's, it, the Bible calls them two prophets, two individuals. I think it's going to be two men that God will send to minister and to be a thorn in the side of the Antichrist all the way to the end. That's why he's specifically going to kill them there at the end. So um, who that is at this point, David, I simply do not have the answer to that. Uh, it, it, it's going to be two men of God that he raises up in the end time. I don't believe he needs to bring somebody back from uh, wherever Moses and Enoch are uh, with the Lord. I don't think he needs to bring them back. He can, bring, he can raise up two men and uh, anoint them and send them to do the will of God in the end time. I believe, besides the two witnesses, there are apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists all over the world in the church of God that are going to be used in the end time to facilitate the great end time revival as well. So not just the two witnesses. They are going to have a special ministry, but there are men, men and women of God today that are certainly anointed of God and are teaching and preaching the gospel. And with these two witnesses, Man, I'm, if, I'm going to have them on our radio program, on our television program, writing articles in our magazine. Uh, they're going to help me facilitate things in our Jerusalem Prophecy College before this is all over with. So I'm excited to work with them and to know who they are at this point, David. 
I do not know the answer to that. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless you, my friend. I do thank you for the call. And uh, I tell you what, I think I have. Uh, I, I've got time for Mark in Missouri. God bless Mark. Welcome to the End Time Show. Yeah. Hey, this is right in line with what he just asked. Yeah. My question about the two the two witnesses is, and I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. Um, what are they going to tell the world that the world doesn't want to hear, and it's okay that they lay and watch them, you know, on the street dead? Yeah. Oh well, I believe that they when whenever. Jesus, he trained his 12 disciples and he sends them to preach. He tells them, you go and teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. The message that Jesus taught while he was here on the earth was the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then he told his disciples, you go and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so now, today in 2024, anybody, man, woman, that goes out to preach or be a missionary or whatever, their message is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And it, there are other things that go along with that, holiness and, I mean, all kinds of things. But the main message of the church of Jesus Christ in the end time is the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's the only saving message. And so the two witnesses will be teaching something diametrically opposed to the end time world religious system, Mark. Yeah. And so they're going to hate them for that because we're going to ha be having such an impact in the end time. The greatest time of revival the world's ever seen is ahead of us. And the world religious system and the world government and the Antichrist will hate these individuals for what they're preaching because they're going to be preaching against, we're going to be, the church will be standing against Satan's effort in the end time. The world government is Satan's effort to rule the world. The world religion is Satan's effort to get the religions of the world on board with the Antichrist and his world governing system. That's what that's all about. And so well, these guys will be diametrically opposed to that entity, and they're going to kill them at the end of their ministry because of that. Right, and th that's what I believe, and I think that you can see the world um, changing this whole attitude about you know what it is to be a Christian, um, what is acceptable. Uh, the world doesn't want to hear it. You know, Jesus is not coming back here because man's doing such a great job. Right, exactly. And they're going to have it rubbed in their face and kind of that kind of a situation, I think. And that's why they're not going to have a problem with them killing them, I guess, is the, you know, my point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's absolutely correct. I agree with you 100%. And, um, you know, Jesus is coming back here to tear down. He, the Bible says he's going to do away with human government and establish his kingdom here on the earth. Because for 6,000 years, we have basically proven over and over and over that mankind can really make a mess of stuff. And, that, and God's coming back and saying, look, I'm going to set this whole thing straight. Human government, that's done away with. I'm going to establish yep. my kingdom, and that's how it's going to be throughout the thousand-year millennial reign. Okay, I'm coming up to a break here. God bless you, Mark. I do thank you for the call uh, and uh, call back real soon. Okay, everybody. Well, uh, we're headed into the second. Man, the second part of the hour already. We're already halfway into this thing. It's going too fast. So, um God bless each of y'all. Got a lot of calls to get to when we get back, so we're going to go straight back to the phones uh, when we get back. God bless, and um, thank you all for listening and supporting us. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. All right, well, welcome back, everybody. And one of the things, we've had people for just the last several years, when are you guys coming to Florida? Well, guess what? Next weekend, on uh, I'll be coming to Gainesville, Florida, at the Pentecostals of Gainesville. Uh, many of you would know him, uh, Pastor Jimmy Tony, with uh, Bishop uh, Brother Jeff Arnold. And the Pentecostals of Gainesville, that's 8105 Northwest 23rd Avenue. And on Saturday... 6 p.m., that's March the 2nd, uh, I will be teaching the new Green Horseman in World War III. Unbelievably relevant lesson right now, right? And then uh, on Sunday morning, March the 3rd, 10 a.m., I'll be doing some breaking prophecy news and uh, maybe possibly some Q&A and evangelistic surface. It's going to be awesome. You say, why do you say this Green Horseman is relevant right now? Because the Green Horse Spirit, the rise of Islam in the earth, the green horse spirit is the last spirit to rise in Revelation chapter 6 before the Great Tribulation. A lot of people say, oh, you guys say we're in the end time, prove it. Which prophecy do you want me to talk about? I can talk about all of them right now. Because the, the, um, Doug Norvell and I, uh, yesterday after we got off work, I was coming back from a chiropractor appointment, and I drove by Raytheon, which is about a mile from the end time studios right down here. And in front of Raytheon was about 200 Palestinian flags and uh, two or 300 people all lined all the way up down the sidewalks, screaming and chanting, uh, stop the occupation against Israel. They were, it was an anti-Israel demonstration, Palestinians, pro-Palestinians. There was a, um, an Orthodox, some Orthodox Jewish individuals there, the guys with the long sideburns that are curly and the black hats. They were there, an uh, anti-Zionist uh, Jews, they were there with the Palestinians chanting against Israel. I've never seen that before. I'm 55 years old. I've never seen that in America before. But yet it's we, they just had this big giant demonstration about a mile from end time last night. Doug and I drove down by there and he took video out the window and I posted it on my Facebook because they're protesting uh, uh, all these Raytheon offices and I, we've got Raytheon right down here. And, of course, they're part of the military-industrial complex, and they don't like them sending weapons to Israel to help them fight. Uh, but it's, it's the last spirit to arise 
before the Great Tribulation. We're watching it happen, happening in America and around the world right now. So a very, very relevant lesson. Um, and I'll be teaching that down there at the Pentecostals of Gainesville next weekend. So all of you guys that are in Florida that have been asking, uh, and the surrounding states, uh, come down and meet, meet, us, meet me and my wife down there on March 2nd and March 3rd. Okay, uh, back to the phones. The, let's go to Joel in Oklahoma. God bless Joel. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. How are you, brother? Doing tremendous, my friend. How are you? I haven't talked to you in a while. I always Vince always gives me a hard time. I talked to him and, yeah. and uh, Mr. Norville yeah. about uh, him not getting spanked enough, you know, growing <laughs> up by Grandma. Yep. You know that. But, hey, Dave, I've, I've, a guy asked me the other day, and I kind of want to get your take on it. We know there are certain people in this world that are calling the shots. They serve Satan. We know that Satan is their god. Yeah. These lower, I say the lower forms, the Barack Obamas, the Joe Bidens, the leaders of these countries that are doing their bidding for them, bringing in the new world order. Do you think, I personally think they do, but some people don't. Do you think they know that they're serving Satan by doing this? Um. I don't, I mean, I, I, think, I think there are, now this, some people may, may make light of this question, but I'm not going to because there are secret societies out there that are very real mm-hmm. that they do these rituals and different things um, that would invite a satanic presence into some of this stuff. So I think that there are some of them that actually do think they serve some kind of a demonic, satanic type situation, and they've sold their soul to it. I absolutely yeah. do believe there are people like that. I don't believe every politician has done that. I believe some of them are just, they, it's a career opportunity for them. Um, you know, they say, oh, I'm, they, they were maybe raised a certain way, and so, hey, I've went into this because my parents pulled me into it. Yeah, there may be people, like you say, on the lower level. I think some of the people of the upper echelon certainly are involved in some spiritual acts that they absolutely should not be, and it will it, their, their soul will be required of them at some point. But not every politician has certainly well, I, has sold their soul to Satan, no. I don't think every politician has. What no. I meant was the Rothschilds, those upper people the, the, with those type names that are that are they're rich and powerful and rule that are yeah. ruling. I think they do actually serve Satan, and they know they serve Satan. But I don't think that all of our people that are in the government. That I'm not saying every politician, right. but I think those that are wanting the new world order. Yeah, I think they know. I think they're. I think they know who they're serving too. Right. Yeah, I I, 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 I actually... That's my opinion. Yeah, now I, so again, I cannot tell you specifically this person serves who, who whatever, right. but I do believe, I do know for a fact that there are secret societies and things out there that people will do rituals and they will invite these uh, spirits in to these yes. rituals. And I, I, uh, I'm not really up on that kind of stuff. I've, I've went through some books and different things that, that people have talked about it years ago. But I'm telling you that there are some things out there, spiritual-wise, that people, whoever, should never be a part of. 
Um, and But the, I know there are secret societies out there. I cannot give you specific, this person belongs to this. I don't know that. But I do believe there are people that actually um, have got into some things that they shouldn't have. <laughs> Let's say that. Well, um, I think I think they know the upper ones know what they're doing. I know I think I know, you know. Uh, <laughs> a few years ago, Bob Dylan was interviewed by, oh, I can't think of the guy's name on CBS. Yeah, and he said, uh, "Well, Bob Dylan told Ed Bradley's who it was." He said, "I uh, I sold my soul to the uh, commander in chief." Yeah. And he said, uh, Commander-in-Chief, and he said, I think you know who the Commander-in-Chief is. Yeah. Those people that sign a blood oath, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I, and, again, I'm just thankful that I've got my hands in, in the hands of the Lord. Well, <laughs> And I'm serving him. Me I, you know. too, Dave. I had a guy yeah. ask me the other day, he said, well, what are the two witnesses going to be preaching in the end times? And when they're on the earth, and I said, "Well, they're going to be preaching Acts two thirty-eight. What Matthew said that name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is." I said, "Acts two thirty-eight fulfill that scripture," and I said, "They're wanting everyone to repent and be baptized in Jesus Christ's name for the remission of sins and receive the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what they're going to be preaching. They're going to be trying to bring as many of them as we are today." before that happens so amen well uh, I, I certainly agree with you in every way Joel and um, I do thank you um, you know f for your opinion and, and, and the talk here and the call I hate to do this but I'm gonna have to let you go I got a full bank of callers I'm gonna try to get through for the end of the program here God bless you my friend and I hope to talk to you again in the future um, let's go to uh, Trey in Texas God bless Trey welcome to the end time show thank you for taking my call it's sure a pleasure Two comments. Uh, I'm still concerned that uh, that the that the world government, like the United Nations, is still putting a lot of pressure on Israel to go along with a ceasefire. Yeah. Uh, we've seen throughout history it does not work. The Palestinians do not want a two-state solution. The Israelis do not want a two-state solution. It will never happen. That's point number one. Point number two. Uh, primary uh, elections are coming up or primary voting for both the Democrat and Republican primaries are coming up in a little, in a little over a week from now. Mm -hmm. I hope that every Bible-believing Christian, regardless of the nomination, is registered to vote, and they will vote not only in the primaries, but especially in the general election. And not only for president, but like I say, the Senate and the House. The president has his authority, like for declaring war and, and executive orders. You're absolutely correct on that. Yeah. But the Senate has the final say who gets to be on the Supreme Court. And the House is in control of tax and money policy. And to me, I, I really hope and pray that we get the Senate because I do not want to see Joe Biden put another uh, person on the Supreme Court. I, I am very concerned he'll put some One Worlder or some LBGQ3, whatever they are, openly gay, openly transsexual. Uh, he could also put someone that's an open pedophile on the Supreme Court or put them on the lower courts, and uh, th that would just be devastating for this country. And our, our votes do matter. Yes, they do. Uh, it's been shown that each and every vote matters, and we are still the majority in this country, and we need to exercise our God-given right to vote. Certainly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think our vote matters. And so, um, yeah, I mean, everybody get out and vote. Vote your 
it, it, for me, I would say vote in the best way. The way I vote is who's going to lead us, because I'm not voting for a president to be my pastor, okay? I'm voting for whoever's going to lead us in the best way towards, um, uh, you know, and I know it's not up to the president. This is where some people get confused. I'm not looking for the president to bring America back to being a Christian nation. However, when you're looking at two guys that you're going to vote for, man or woman, and who you're going to vote for, if one of them is pro-abortion and one's anti-abortion, if one of them is pro-world um, government, uh, pro-globalism, and one of them's anti-globalism and America first, if somebody's pro-open border and you know, um, and the other one is build a wall. I mean, to me, it becomes pretty easy at this point, unless you're pro-abortion, pro-globalist, pro-open border. It really becomes pretty easy to me. I'm not voting for a guy. I'm not voting for the next pastor of my church. We're voting for the president of the United States. And if one of them just happens to be anti-abortion and things that kind of go along with the Bible, then that's kind of the direction I go in. Now, you can vote however you want, but I'm saying if you're wanting to vote in a, um, uh, you know, we, we certainly need to vote. And I, I, w- I would agree with Trey here. Uh, get out and vote and exercise your right. Because if you don't vote, then you can't complain. You know, everybody wants to complain. You ask them if they voted, no. Well, why not? So, in other words, um, I, I agree with you, Trey. So, God bless you, my friend. Uh-huh. And I, I do thank you for the call there. And... We're going to go to, um, I tell you what, I'm coming up on a break. Uh, so, I mean, I hate to, I don't want to cut in. I'm, I'm going to get straight back to the calls after the break. Um, but let me, let me mention Ready Pantry here. You know, as Americans, we want to believe that the grocery stores and things will always be there. But we saw a few years ago, supply chains could collapse. Food supplies could diminish. So we pray for the best, but we prepare right. So is there, is there a way that you can have an affordable supply of food Emergency support, uh, emergency supply of food. Yeah, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime. They offer amazing 25-year shelf-stable foods. And not to mention that there's a peace of mind you get knowing that you have this emergency supply of food should anything happen. A power outage, hurricanes, grid collapses, anything. So Ready Pantry, they're an American-based company. All their products are sourced here in America. And you know there's many long-term food storage companies on the internet, they're selling products that have been on their warehouses for years. You don't want that. Ready Pantry is delivering the freshest products that were packaged within the last few months. They offer discounts of up to 20% off. So go to readypantry.com slash endtime, use code endtime to save an additional 10% off of your order. And there's free shipping and you can also stock your pantry with buy now, pay later options available at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. Well, welcome back, everybody. Man, this hour is flying by here. I tell you what, let's go straight to the calls here because uh, I got several I got to get to before the end of the program. Let's go to Anita in Tennessee. God bless Anita. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. My question is, the Antichrist will sit in the temple. Would that mean that he would be Jewish because the Jewish priest would would absolutely be the only ones who could enter the temple. Is my theory wrong or? Well, I don't think that the Antichrist has to be Jewish because, and let me give you the scenario that the Bible lays out here. When the peace agreement is signed between the Israelis and the Palestinians, the Bible says that the Temple Mount, one of the characteristics of that is that the Temple Mount will be placed under an internationally, or will be placed under a sharing arrangement. In Revelation 11, John was told to measure the temple, the third temple, but don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down of the Gentiles for 42 months. So the temple mount would be placed under an, a, a sharing arrangement, probably supervised by the international community, probably the United Nations. Well, the Antichrist will be the leader of the world governing body. He's eventually going to usurp authority over a fully functioning world governing body. Body. That entity will probably be the one that is the supervisor of this sharing arrangement of the Temple Mount. Probably the only way it's going to work under a future peace agreement. So when the temple is built and the sacrifices are started again, um, the the Animal Rights Act, you can imagine the state of the world, the mind, when every morning and every evening they're sacrificing an animal on the Temple Mount. The it's going to be on every television program all over the internet. There's going to be, they're going to be stabbing this animal, killing it, sacrificing it. And imagine what the, the um, animal rights activists and different people are going to be doing. They're going to be going. They're going to be going ballistic because they're going to be saying this is barbarism in 2024 and or in uh, whenever it is in the next few years, and so they're going to look to the supervisor of the sharing arrangement, which will be the Antichrist. He's, the world government is probably going to be an internationally supervised sharing arrangement, so he's going to be the leader of that, and they're going to look to him and say, "Hey, you need to stop these sacrifices. We can't have this. They're killing so many animals here." And so he's going to feel immense pressure to stop that. The Bible says that when the abomination of desolation occurs, that the Antichrist will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to stop, and that he will sit in the temple and proclaim to be God. He's got to have a reason for stopping the sacrifice. This is why, okay. uh, if he was Jewish, consider this. Why would he go ahead and stop the sacrifice? He's not trying to appease the Jews. He's stopping the sacrifice because he's trying to appease everybody. He's going to come on the platform of a peace, this peacemaker. He was one of the ones involved in getting the peace agreement 
signed to begin with that started the final seven years. He's going to come on the platform of peace, and everybody's going to say, and then he's going to come into the temple, and he's going to say, look, you guys don't need these um, sacrifices. The Jews don't need the sacrifices. I'm actually the Messiah you've been looking for. And he's going to say to the Muslims, I'm your uh, 12th Imam. I'm your Mahdi. I'm your fifth Buddha to the Buddhist. I'm your, I'm actually Jesus the Messiah to the Christians. And believe it or not, Anita, most of the world is going to follow after this individual. So because of that scenario, I do not believe that the Antichrist has to be Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That that clears me up because okay. I, I just was totally <laughs> uh, wondering about that. Yeah, and okay. I know. I, well, it's a question on a lot of people's mind because of what you just said. The Jews are going to have to accept him. I don't think he's going to care whether the Jews accept him or not because at the very end of that final seven-year period, it will be the Antichrist and his world-governing armies that come down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, and he's actually going to try to conquer Israel. And so for a, a, a Jewish individual to first stand in the temple, proclaim to be God, stop in the sacrifices, and then come down to Israel to battle to conquer Israel, uh, there's many things that, uh, you know, that would lead me to believe that he doesn't have to be a Jewish individual. He certainly could be. Here's another scenario. This Palestinian um, uh, protest that happened down here in front of Raytheon last night, me and Doug Norvell went down there. They, there were Jewish individuals, the um, Orthodox Jews that were down there, who were anti-modern-day anti Zionists, they were down there protesting with the Palestinians and because they believe that when God, when the, that um, the only way Israel can be formed and drawn back together as a nation would be from a miraculous event uh, that God would do. Well, they don't realize that God has, in fact, drawn these people that are in Israel back together, especially after the Holocaust. Ezekiel chapter 37, um, Ezekiel was, God said, prophesy to this boneyard, the, the valley of dry bones. And Ezekiel did that, and God told um, Ezekiel, this is the whole house of Israel that I will gather back into the land. Well, that's happened. After the Holocaust, God started drawing people in mass back to the land of Israel. It was a miraculous event. But there are certain Jews on the earth that do not believe in modern-day Zionism, the gathering back together. They believe it has to be some big miraculous thing, even though it was. So uh, when you look at all these different dynamics that are going on, you can kind of see that I don't necessarily, it, it could, the Antichrist could be a Jew, but I don't think he, he I don't think we need to um, say that he's got to be a Jew because of this, because I don't necessarily agree with that because of all these different scenarios that the Bible lays out for us. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much. All right, Anita, well, I do thank you for the call. God bless you, my friend. Um, let's go to Marianne in Utah. God bless Marianne. Welcome to the End Time Show. Well, hi, Dave um, and Joe. I yeah. have a comment here Okay. that I just wanted to, I mean, you know, give a little gratis to the person that emailed Joe, but I'd want to tell them or let them know you don't need to apologize, or neither do you, Joe. 
for your love, conviction of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Just be a little bit understanding of their of their word, their truth. They love you. They love the truth. You love the truth. And so, I was listening to that program, and it wasn't that bad. But I w- and it wasn't bad at all. And actually, Joe, I just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you and your and your wife as well. So that was basically my comment. I just want to let everybody know how much I love your program, how much I love you, how much I love our family, and uh, that's basically it. Okay. But I don't think any apology is necessary for your the truth, love, and Um, conviction of Jesus. You know, just. You're the whole thing. Right, right. No, I understand, and I do appreciate that, Marianne, and I'm sure Joe does as well. Um, and the thing is, you know what? We're all still human, and we make mistakes, and thank God that I can, if I do make a mistake, I can say, you know what? Somebody forgive me. I made a mistake. And that's what this right. whole thing's all about. Uh, now, if they don't forgive me, that's their problem, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. Well, I just felt like maybe a little compassion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of because of your, your, both of your passions, all of our passions for the Word and yes. the truth. Yep. Amen. And the life. So. I, I, I totally agree. I appreciate it, and I'm sure do, Joe does as well. And we do um, covet everyone's prayers uh, for Joe's wife, who is in need of prayer right now uh, for her health. And so certainly would want to remember them as well. And we've been remembering Joe, and I pray for so many people in the mornings. Uh, I'm sure God is sitting there going, wow, Dave, you got a few prayer requests. But, hey, there's a lot of people that need prayer, and we pray for them here at the ministry. Well, you know what? I got my letters in the mail. You were praying for me one time. Yes. It's in uh, it's in a frame. (laughs) Oh, wow, great. I didn't know you did that. Yes. No, we we pray for everybody. My wife is diligent on – my wife and my mother-in-law sends out letters to people telling them that we prayed for them, and and, uh, we've been doing that for – I don't know how many years, uh, yeah, maybe have. decades. I've been with you for a little while, yep. but make sure that Brady and Sassy uh, <laughs> tell them belated happy birthday for me. Absolutely. We'll do it. Okay, thank you. All right, God bless you, Marianne. Thank you for the call. Uh, really quick, Ann in Indiana. God bless Ann. Welcome to the End Time Show. Uh, thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can very well. Okay, um, my question very quickly is um, I recently heard um, – Someone say that the abomination of desolation had already happened, and they referred back to I think his name is Antiochus yeah. back in Antiochus uh, one seventy five. Yeah. Yeah. And well, um, how how do I answer that? Other than I mean, to me that because it happened way before Jesus' time, it wouldn't even be correct. Right. Um, so but how would you answer that? Yeah, absolutely. So the one of the ways is when. So Daniel 9.27 talks about the abomination of desolation. Says when, in, and he's talking about the final seven-year period. Uh, you have to look at the 490-year prophecy, Daniel 9.24-27. 490 years are appointed unto your people, Daniel. Well, there's a final seven-year period that still hasn't happened yet. This guy obviously didn't understand the whole prophecy. So the abomination of desolation is when the Antichrist stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple, proclaims to be God, and causes the sacrifices to cease. Well, Jesus, in Matthew 24, he's in the Olivet Discourse, and they asked him in the beginning of the chapter, they say, Lord, tell us, what's going to be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? This is very, very important that people understand what the timing of Matthew 24 is talking about. 
they ask him, what's going to be the sign of your coming in of the end of the age? So he's not talking about when he was here on the earth. They're talking about his second coming and the end of the age when he would come back to establish his kingdom here on the earth. So then, through the rest of the chapter, he's giving events that will occur at the end of the age, what it will look like around that event. So then he goes down and he gets to, I think it's verse 15, and he says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation occur, uh, stand in the holy place, spoken of by the prophet Daniel. So he refers back to Daniel 9.27, where Daniel was talking about the abomination of desolation, but he's telling us that it's going to happen at, at the time of the end of the age, towards that era. And he says, When you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, let them which be in Judea flee. Verse 21, For then will be great tribulation, such as was not, has been since the beginning of the world, no, nor ever again shall be. So the great tribulation is three and one half years. So Jesus is specifically telling us in Matthew 24 that when the abomination of desolation occurs, there's three and a half years left until my second coming when I will return. So for somebody to say, well, the abomination of desolation occurred back with Antiochus Epiphanes prior to Jesus, that simply is not scriptural because Jesus was very specific in helping us understand when the abomination of desolation would occur in Matthew 24. Okay, great. Yep. Thank you. I understood that myself. I just wasn't Good. sure how to explain it to them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, right. and there's, a, there's some, I don't have time, but there's some other stuff I could go into, but it's really easily explained that it did not happen back then. Thank you. All right. Very good. God bless you, Ann. Well, man, ah, my time's out, you guys. I hate to leave everybody here, but um, I'll, hopefully we can get to you next week. Call in and talk to Doug and Vince or myself. But I want to say, wow, God bless each and every one of you. And, and listen, you understand now how important it is that you understand these prophecies and you understand the Word of God, because there are people out there trying to muddy the waters and get it all stirred up. But the fact of the matter is, is the Bible in many places says we can understand these things. And wow, I sure am thankful that God laid all this out for us, aren't you? God bless and have a great weekend.